Hello, and welcome to episode two of Fast the Peanuts Movie Talk. My name is Mac. My name is Sean. And my name is Keith. But today we'll be continuing our journey through the blasted hellscape that is Dragon Ball Evolution with a few more details. <laughs> we'll also be talking about upcoming podcasts known as Good Soup Hotel and Keith's projects in the world of gaming and music production. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because we couldn't let it go. Oh, man, that movie was so fucking bad. It's never ogre. It really isn't. We're going to crank this like... So we left a few things out. Luckily, we're done talking with the movie itself. Part of our history, we uh, left out a interesting detail. How many years ago was it? Three or four? It was like four, wasn't it? Like four. Yeah, like that. We went to this thing called PortCon, which just is like a anime video game convention. Basically, we go, we hang out, play some games, check out the stuff, laugh at the nerds. It's a pretty good time. They were playing Dragon Ball Evolution there. It was one of the events. The guy who does the voice for Gohan in the anime, he was doing a uh, mystery science theater style commentary over it and it was really funny like we caught it about two-thirds of the way through the movie which was a shame i would have loved to have watched that whole thing oh i thought you um, were there the entire time no i knew i got there late we went there together i was fucking around in the game room for most of the day trying to win some money at the tournaments because i'm an elite mlg player <laughs> yeah <laughs> such a winner truth be told we just wandered in there and we saw it and i was like oh man is that dragon ball evolution that looks like shit let's hang out <laughs> for a bit he was there doing it man what the hell is his name what was the guy to the voice of Gohan. You said Kid Gohan or Grandpa Gohan? Grandpa, like Grandpa, adult Gohan. Gohan. He's also the voice of Ryu in Street Fighter 4. Does oh, quite a huh. bit of voice work for video games and anime, but I can't remember That's the cool. name of the life. I remember, I remember the story being that it was the voiceover guy for the show. Was it actually somebody else? Yeah, he was the announcer too. A lot of the cast members in that show, Funimation, they multitask. Chris Sabat, he's the voice of the Dragon, Piccolo, Vegeta, various yeah, other I characters. I saw that, but he does a bunch of people. Well, you hear those same voices pop up on a lot of different shows as well. Yeah, you do. When he was doing the Mystery Science Theater style commentary, was he doing it in his announcer voice? That would have been great. No, he yeah. was just talking about it. Um, that was him. how I managed it in my head all these years, was him doing announcements, making <laughs> fun of how bad it was. This movie really sucks. <laughs> Don't catch the sequel next time on that... Dragon Ball Z Evolution of, oh, wait, I don't know. they canceled it anyway, because <laughs> it was a piece of shit and made no money. That might have been how it started out. Oh, we got man, there, that like sucked if we had missed that. Yeah, I remember <laughs> getting there at the candle lighting scene where that sex minigame's going mm -hmm. on. Fucking sickos. Yeah, I wasn't there for that, but I wish I was there just for that one thing. <laughs> that would have been great. It was fun. And that was the year that, I don't want to offend anybody, but it was kind of the brony layer, I oh guess. Oh my god, there were brony so basement. many bronies. <laughs> Holy Welcome shit. To the bony, bony, brony basement. This was like the brony boom <laughs> when it was like really widespread. It was everywhere. Well, that was when there I didn't no know. Escaping, yep. I didn't know what a brony was. That, I, I remember you explained it to me. I thought you told me what it was. I was the first to find out what it actually was, and I explained Because you guys watched that documentary. Or but I've Netflix. watched a couple at We've this point. We've watched two. You put them on for some reason. I didn't want anything <laughs> to do with it. Like, sick fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was one time we were like hung over, and I just had to leave the room. Probably <laughs> went vomited. Go puke in the street. <laughs> <laughs> Not even gonna dignify that by throwing up in the toilet. Just yeah. gonna throw up in the street. Yeah, my toilet is too good for this. Go find a brony's shoes, pee all over it. Dump some water at their feet. It's not gonna be a fight, it's gonna be a massacre. You darn jabronies. <laughs> yeah! That's what yeah, I kept calling them that year. Jabronies. Oh, well played.
I yeah, seriously <laughs> doubt that any actual brony even knows what a jabroni is. Probably not. Apparently they can't smell what the rock is cooking. They can't smell, period. <laughs> can't imagine why that was <laughs> keeping them from... So the other thing I left out of the episode, I was going to say a little bit about James Wong, who sounds like he's a pretty shitty director all around. The only other stuff that he had done that I'd heard of was the first and third Final Destination movies, mm. and he did the one with Jet Li, which I saw and was a piece of shit. I've never seen any of the Final Destination movies. Are they any good? Or at yeah. least the uh, first couple, or are they all good? I think the first one's supposed first to be pretty good, awesome. but there's like a million of them at this point. Mm -hmm. I don't know when they get bad. Probably when they dropped the numbers and just started calling them The Final Destination. Oh, yeah. Like oh, the yeah, most like confusingly the titled movies ever. The first one I can say for sure, that is worth checking out. Cool. It's a pretty cool idea of like a new kind of horror movie or a new slasher story. It's, it was best when it was fresh before they started just cranking out sequel after sequel, kind of like what they did with Saw. It's kind of a cool twist on like the slasher genre because it's all these characters trying to outsmart death itself. And yeah. Death comes in various forms, car crash, plane exploding. It's like this presence that actually chases them, right? It's just like a series of horrible accidents. Death is influencing accidents because you can't cheat death. But it does have like a really cool sense of humor about how it handles that material. There's a part later on where this guy, he just goes into a shed in the woods, tries to fix everything that's dangerous about that place. He takes out all the sharp objects, anything rusty, anything that would fall on him. He has nothing in there, no items, nothing that could cause any problems. And there's a part, he's just sitting in a chair and the chair breaks and he almost hits like a nail just sticking out of the board just slightly. And he's like, oh, that was a close one. It has like a pretty good sense of humor. Isn't that that famous gif image of like a giant log going right through some dude's head on the highway? That's the second one. It's That's the setup is okay. a crazy <laughs> highway car. Oh man, I've never seen that one. Yeah, I remember that it's one. Sometimes nuts. they would have Dar Butler from 300's face just on the front of the log. <laughs> <laughs> and the wonders of technology. It's amazing. Living in a dream world. We're living in the dream right now. Computers these days, are they ever have to leave the house? Just listen to our podcast all day. <laughs> I'm in a diaper. Um, I mean, why would you want to go outside? It's like fucking 90 something degrees well, outside. You yeah. gotta play Pokemon Go, it's dude. Just gotta get the fire. Here. Come oh on. my god. Just, <laughs> I am so sick of hearing about it. It hasn't even been out that long, and I'm fucking tired of hearing about it. Was it was oversaturated from day one. Like, people yeah. getting robbed and shot in the streets, raped, <laughs> pile ups. Why? Fucking apocalypse. There isn't even a battle Measures. system. Like, I what's mean, the point? It's way easier for all the creeps and miscreants. Oh, fucking casual. They, they ruin everything. They used to have to go on Craigslist to do this shit. Now they can just get Pokemon Go oh. and they can go fucking crazy. I have like a general idea, but I haven't really given this much focus because I honestly don't care. What is it? It's like a freeware game for your phone where you just walk around, you scan your phone on your table and there's like a yeah. magnemite there. It works through Google Maps. That's how it okay. like tracks your location. Yeah. You have to have location tracking on, which skeeves some people out. And you can only find certain ones in certain areas. Does that mean you have to go to like a volcano if you want to find <laughs> fucking fire Pokemon? I don't Pokemon know where you or? would find fire Pokemon. Water Pokemon near the water. Electricity near power plants. I bet we'll hear about yeah. some people starting forest fires. Just, just so they can oh. get their fucking growl at their back. Yeah, I had to find Ponyta. <laughs> so from what I understand, there are some microtransactions, but as you level up, you get better items. That's how it's free. So it's a free to play, but you can pay to get ahead. Yeah. I can't mm -hmm. stand that. That is like <laughs> so right? shitty. <laughs> What happened to actually playing a fucking game? You earn the shit by actually playing it. Do you remember days, the Mod Nation DLC that you can get? Where you could just buy an unlock code where it unlocks everything that you can build with in that game. Instead of actually playing it and earning all the pieces to build with, you could just have them all from the start. You well, I mean, pay these, like five you know, bucks. These kids, like, their parents are giving them these smartphones and they can get on there, mm -hmm. you know, and they do the thing where they take porn pictures of themselves and they sell it, I think, is what uh, they do. And they can, like, the kids with the phones and they got drugs. They do, are, they're on the drugs. I know it's not that. Safe. 
safe. This is not, it's not safe, safe at all. out there. I'm saying it's they're going around taking people's pants off and stuff. Have you heard about? Yeah, they're this? going in there and dropping their pants and going wee. wee. Like you don't know what's happening. It's four in eyes, days. man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I no offense to anybody. But I don't know these kids. You know, they just hacking all the national banks and stuff and taking all the money to buy Pokemans with. I don't know what's going on anymore. So yeah, you have items. You get better Pokeballs, and that's pretty much all you do. You catch Pokemon. So, you get points to level up with when you catch them. So you need the balls to catch them. Is it like the traditional games where you have Pokeballs, Great Balls, Ultra Balls? Yeah, you have all those. Master Ball. Probably. Ultra Ball. Yeah. yeah, they have a very high success rate. Did you know my balls are ultra? Yeah, they're very potent. They got all kinds of balls now. You can make your own balls in the newer ones. You can make like Love Balls and fucking Nest Balls. Dr. Really? Balls and Dr. Aqua said balls. my Pokemon count was through the roof. Yeah. I started wearing boxers. <laughs> You're making too many pocket monsters, dude. What's <laughs> Playing pocket pool with my pocket monsters. Oh no! Oh Jesus Christ! Oh. This degenerated quickly. That's what Pokemon Go does. It's fucking cancer, and it needs to either go in remission or we need to cut it out, like the fucking cyst that it is, because we don't need it. This world is not ready for that kind of shit. Maybe no. it won't ever be. Hey man, with great Pokemon games comes great responsibility. <laughs> Basically, it sounds like a scavenger hunt. It's reminiscent of when Pokemon first hit the U.S. You remember when, like, when the trading card game came out, and people were convinced that it was like gambling, black magic. Magic and oh, like the yeah. devil. <laughs> they were banned in the schools. If a teacher caught you with like stabbing each other in the face over cards. Probably. It wasn't as widespread, so we didn't They hear were all about jacked it as up much. on Limp Biscuit and Kid Rock. Yeah, man. Did it all for the no I mean the Pokemon. That's my way of the highway. Man, that's one of those days you don't want to wake up. Yeah. Everybody sucks. It's uh, like a pack of that chainsaw. What? Boy, were they stupid. I guess we'll talk a bit about the Maine International Film Festival. Festival Festival Festival. <laughs> 2016. Team, so team. that was going on recently. I saw some cool movies and I saw like a bunch of good movies right before we did Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, oh, yep, yep. And I think that's why I almost went into a coma when I watched it. I think cardiac so arrest. Yeah, just strange just to say the title. Man, uh, fuck that movie. It's it's devolution. Oh, uh, yeah. It makes you dumber. Cretaceous. Um, Cretaceous. So I saw some movies. I guess I'll talk a little bit about each one. I saw Blood Simple, which was the first movie by the Coen Brothers. Came out back in 1984. That was good. I mean, it's a Coen Brothers movie. It's one of those crime plots. Doesn't work out very well. They're the guys that did Big Lebowski, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so among many, many others. They did Fargo. We did their episode for the show. Man. Oh, yeah. Brother Worth, though. Uh, yeah, Brother Worth. Yeah. So yeah. we've, we've done one of their movies. Uh, Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, No Country for Old Men. Most recent one was Hail Caesar. I saw mm. Kramer vs. Kramer, which was good. It was kind of a family drama picture. Swept the Oscars back in 1979. It had Meryl Streep and Dustin Hoffman, who was one of my favorite actors. So that was nice. Captain Hook, Dustin Hoffman? Yep. Oh, shit. He used to be in, like, really good movies. Not so much anymore. <laughs> Maybe Rain Man was the last thing he was in. That really got great reviews or anything. Uh, that's a stay tuned. That's a pretty good movie. And it's got a cruise in it. It'll be oh, cool yeah. Let's get back to the <laughs> to ride year. the cruise missile. 1988 oh. Tom Cruise movies. Uh, we do a whole what a, retrospective. What a theme. That might be the only two, but damn, what a duo. <laughs> that's <laughs> dynamic dynamite right mm, there. It's explosive. Explosivo. Deus Ex double feature. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Midnight Cowboy and All the President's Men, Marathon Man. Bunch of good movies. I saw Bonnie and Clyde. That was good. But Bonnie and Clyde. And yeah, it was it was one of the movies that kicked off the whole new Hollywood era of movies from the late sixties to early eighties. A lot of my favorite movies do fall into that category. So that was cool. I think that movie's really good too. It's worth seeking out. It was interesting. The characters are really interesting. They have kind of an odd morality. They don't seem to go out of their way to be violent, but it does happen a lot anyway in that line of work. I mean they're bank robbers. There's a great <laughs> scene with Gene Wilder in that movie, actually, from Young Frankenstein. You know Gene Wilder. I know who Gene Wilder is. Please. <laughs> 
Yes. Like, I'm not the most educated movie-wise, but I at least know who that guy is. I knew you must have. Your face just looks so stone-cold and blank. Thank you. Good day, sir. (laughs) You lose. You walk out. Yeah, you get nothing. There's a part where he plays this guy who's there with this girl, and he's lucky enough to have two cars in the 1930s. He's been a rich man. But anyway, they steal one of them, and he goes into hot pursuit with his remaining car. He's like, when I catch up to them, I will kill them. I'll strangle them. I'll tear them limb from limb. Doing his classic crazy Gene Gene Wilder Wilder thing. He looks really different. He doesn't have the crazy hair yet. No jerry curls? Nah. I mean, it's the 30s. We would have looked out of place, I guess. It might have been pretty cool, though. Sean and I saw Miss Sharon Jones. Jones, Jones, Jones. Jones. About (laughs) Sharon Jones. Documentary about this very talented soul musician who was battling cancer for a while. You see her battle with cancer and where she started. It didn't really, like, pick up for her for a long time. Like, in the 80s. She's, like, 60 now, so at that point, already pushing 30. She was just singing in wedding bands and stuff. It Mm -hmm. took her forever to really get a lot of notoriety. And she'd become kind of a big deal. Really good soul music. If you're into that, it's worth checking out for sure. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Check them out. Awesome band. I saw Lo and Behold, which was this documentary about the internet by German director Werner Herzog. That was interesting. I think I maybe had heard this story once before, but they talk in detail about exactly when and where the internet started, which was cool. It was this first attempt in 1969 to get two computers 400 miles apart to talk to each other. Because they had one computer set up in UCLA in Los Angeles, and they had another one at Stanford University up 400 miles north in Palo Alto by typing on a keyboard and to see if the computer on the other end would get the message. And the two guys were talking to each other on landline phones. The whole thing was just logging into something. So he's typing uh-huh. in the word log, and then the computer on the other end would be prompted to put in in, and then they would log in. That was the whole thing. It's like, oh, say, all right, I hit L. You got it? Yeah, all right. Oh, all right, I got it. And they typed in the G, fucking computer crash. <laughs> the one in Palo Alto, I believe, crashed. And that's where they got the title, Low and Behold, you know, get it. It was pretty interesting. It talked about the bright sides, the dark sides of the internet, and what the future might be like, where this technology could go. And they had one story on there about this scientist who was trying to figure out the Sasquatch riddle. He figured out he was a missing link. Do Sasquatches yeah. have riddles? They're the most riddliest of creatures. They uh, give a Riddler a run for their money. No, I'm just kidding. He was trying to do some. <laughs> work on like a disease like on cellular stuff and they had different people play this stuff that he was working on almost like it was a game so they sort of farmed out this experiment and this research he's trying to do to like 180,000 people all over the world accessing this stuff through the internet and it helped to make a lot of progress and then there's this other story about this family with a teenage daughter who got in a car accident and was nearly decapitated and one of the paramedics took a picture of it and sent them to the girl's father Jesus and uh, a lot of people saying really disgusting quote-unquote jokes along with it to the point that her mother said that she believes that the internet is the antichrist personified that's how much it darkened her view of that form of technology it can be a pretty dark and unforgiving place oh yeah, yeah. we've depending all on seen where you 4chan go. that's just human nature man <laughs> it makes it easier for people to do that kind of stuff because yeah. of anonymity i mean there's that oh that's a powerful powerful veil wait what does that have to do with sasquatch oh that was a joke it was a kick-ass oh, search of leonard nimoy narrated that episode, uh right? that was from the tenacious D show. Yeah. Oh, that song Sasquatch. Right. Callback to Explosivo. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. <laughs> Works on so many levels. This um, is a multi-layered podcast. I saw this newer movie called Little Men. That was pretty good. It wasn't about that much, really. It's just these two, like, 13, 14-year-old kids in Brooklyn that are friends, but at the same time, their parents are having this disagreement because the one kid, his family's from Manhattan, and they're just moving into this place in Brooklyn because his grandfather died and they inherited the building, and in the bottom floor of the building is... 
this woman who owns a dress shop, this woman from Chile. Chile. It's not doing very well, and they want to raise the rent on her because they haven't raised the rent since, like, the fucking 80s or something, and she's paying way, way under market value, and they want to raise it to a level that would be, like, tripling it, which today would still be under market value, and then she gets into this whole feud with the kid's parents... Some other stuff happens. It's pretty good. <laughs> Alfred Molina's in it. Sounds like a pretty good drama. Oh, yeah. There's one that I walked out of. Maybe the first time I ever walked out of a movie. I couldn't even really say if this was a bad movie, but it's called Chimes at Midnight, also known as Falstaff, and it's an Orson Welles-directed movie from 1965, I think. The name sounds familiar. He did Citizen Kane. Oh, yep. And he did the, the famous uh, War of the Worlds broadcast in 1938. That, like, freaked everyone out. That I heard that only, like, five people actually freaked out. Oh, really? Yeah, was... that the media at the time blew it up way out of oh. any proportion. And that it wasn't really nearly as much of an issue. There were a few people, I think, who started listening halfway through and didn't realize. Because I think they had breaks like every 15 or 30 minutes just to remind people that this is not real news. So you would have to be really unlucky to not get that message. But I think a few people did freak out in New Jersey. But it wasn't mass hysteria like people think of it. But this movie, it was an adaptation of some Shakespeare play. I want to say Henry IV Part One or something. I've never really been that into Shakespeare. But it was the last day of the festival and I had a few free passes that I still needed to use. So I went to this thing. Boy, was it dry. The humor in Shakespeare, I don't know about you guys, what you guys think of Shakespeare. It doesn't do much for it's, me. It's the, the language is so different that long ago that a lot of the vocabulary isn't even the same. So I don't even understand when something's yeah. supposed to be funny or not. Yeah, like in school, I went to sparknotes.com and they would translate what he had written alongside oh, yeah. what and people would say modern day. English. The only exposure I've had to Shakespeare is Hamlet and Romeo and Juliet. And those were both because of high school. I will say of the two, I probably enjoyed Hamlet a little bit more. I found it easier to follow along with because it was a story about betrayal. Yeah. Double crosses. Always loving that. Pouring poison down people's ears. Hiding behind mm -hmm. curtains. Getting shanked. <laughs> uh, I just remember more from that than I do from Romeo and Juliet. I just remember they die. They fall in love and they die. <laughs> and that's basically it. I remember quite a bit. I don't hate Shakespeare. It's a lot more work for me to get into it. It is really dry, but that's just because it was a different era of storytelling. Like yeah. It's just written in a specific way that it's not necessarily bad because of mm -hmm. it, but if you're not in the right mindset for it or don't really like that kind of stuff, then obviously it's not going to leave a good impression on you. Yes. Favorite adaptation of Hamlet. You guys have seen the movie Last Action Hero, right? That part where he's falling asleep in mm -hmm. class oh, and yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is Hamlet. And he's got like a <laughs> sword and an Uzi. Awesome, it's oh, freaking that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Finally made Shakespeare cool. He like yeah. kicks a guy through a window and he does that. Oh, that's <laughs> like, that's like at the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. Fucking awesome. <laughs> we should do that for the show. That's a pretty... <laughs> Yeah. Interesting I'd like movie. to see it. I never have. Oh, it's cool. I think it's the guy who directed Die Hard, John McTiernan. I think you'd like it. It sounds cool. I like Arnold. It's general. a pretty good Arnold movie. But Falstaff, or whatever the hell this thing was called. I can't really say whether or not it was bad, because, yeah, like I said, I'm just not really into Shakespeare. Orson Welles was good in it. He directed it, and he was one of the stars. A lot of the other actors, they're speaking in weird accents and voices, and it's hard to really understand what they're saying. And it's also the acoustics were off, I think. So it was just too loud, and everybody was just sounding. <laughs> and that's just kind of what it sounded like to me and then later I felt like a dick because there's this guy he's one of the organizers to the festival and he used to come into the store I used to work at a lot as well and he had this whole story about this movie 30 years ago as a kid in 1986 and he's in school still he heard about this movie thought it sounded good and he got it from a video store he did sit through the whole thing but the sound was really bad and he couldn't really understand people very well and then 10 years later he saw it and it was kind of the same issue 
issue. And then finally this year he saw like, a good quality print of it and he said like tears were streaming down my face. It was such an amazing experience. And I felt like such a dick because earlier that day I had walked out of this thing <laughs> after 40 minutes. It's the first movie I ever walked out of in my life. <laughs> and I was like damn. Oh, well I'm sucks. glad he enjoyed it. Hey what? It's yeah. subjective. Not everyone's gonna like the same thing. There were some uh, short films. There's Just a pick what your favorite was and your least favorite was. Let me make sure there weren't any more features that I'm forgetting. So I saw The Usual Suspects, which is a movie that I like quite a lot and had already seen. Gabriel Byrne was the guest of honor this year. He was one of them. And I saw he accepted his award after the movie and gave speech and stuff. It was really cool. Gabriel Byrne, he's a pretty good actor. He's in that. He's in also Miller's Crossing, which they also played. And I've seen before. Yeah, he said something pretty cool about how he's at the expense of making tons of money. He's only in movies now at this age. He's like 60 or something that he thinks are worth a damn. That's cool. He's not bothering with being in crappy movies for the paycheck anymore. I guess he probably has enough money. We won't see him in the Dragon Ball Evolution sequel or anything <laughs> like that. Don't uh, count your chickens or whatever the fuck. Whatever the hell. Because it might happen. I fucking hope not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> probably the worst short film I saw was called The Wait. <laughs> W-E-I-G-H-T. It's not as funny now, sorry. Now I would like to withdraw that laughter. Now it has serious right, Stricken from the record. Inadmissible. <laughs> I object. It was just some stupid looking interpretive dancing of these five people doing shit like this with a rock and pretending like it's really heavy. <laughs> all, all this, this corny ass crap and they just looked really dumb and some of the music was really stupid it sounds like something out of sesame street some of the music or... was really nice and oh. it was so boring and some of the music was really kind of soothing acoustic guitar stuff i started falling asleep <laughs> it was just pretentious bullshit yeah, as i was far reading as in that guide it's fairly long too it was almost half an hour it, just went, <laughs> it wouldn't fucking end <laughs> this thing i couldn't believe it there's another one from me and it was called stuffed it was weird but cool it's only like three minutes long it was just this all these little stuffed dolls that this woman has made over the years and the illustrations of them that she has done you never see her you just hear her voice and it is a documentary short documentary this this director made about her grandmother and her strange hobbies i'll show you a picture of one of the dolls it's a little weird should make that the splash oh my image. god it's like <laughs> some fucking tim and eric shit what the fuck <laughs> and uh, her talking about how one of these guys i think his name was like pillow man or something he didn't used to wear clothes but now now he does because he's married to one of the other little dolls. <laughs> it was different. So like, it, was, it was funny. It sounds like a weird a, way. Almost sounds like Marwin called. It's a documentary about this guy who suffered extreme brain damage. He was attacked. You know, he got brain damage and he brain. doesn't leave the house and he has this fictional city that he built in his oh, room yeah. and uh -huh. he has all these action figures or toys that he might have made or just a collection of random ones but he has individual lives for them that he plays out every day. And what is this from? It's a documentary called Marwin Call about this guy. Because I heard this whole same story as uh, This American Life. It happened to a real him. guy. It was weird, dude. Yeah, I've never really seen weird. it. I watched the uh, world shorts and there's like another series of shorts. They're all kind of crime related called Crime Doesn't Pay. This is neat. You've been to uh, several of these film festivals now. Out of all the ones you've been to, how would you rate this one? Like, is it the best one? This year, if you include all the showings of short films I saw, I saw 10 Things, which is the same amount that I saw in 2012. The last couple years, 14 and 15, I only saw a handful. 2013, I saw five. 2011 I saw two, so I can only really compare it to 2012. 2012, the selection of what I saw was definitely better. That's not to say that the whole run, if you know, you have to really sit down and watch all 100 of these movies to really say which one was the best. Well, what the hell, man? Why didn't you? Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, you got nothing. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> I sound like a.
Fuck that. It's not like I grew up a nut. It was fun though. I did a lot of volunteering and stuff at the festival. It was pretty cool to do. There were more interesting short films, but I don't want to take up like another hour talking about them. Maybe in another sub episode. Oh yeah. Kenny uh, Slag. Other stuff that's going on. So Keith, you've been working on making a video game for a long time and you've also been making a lot of music, some of it for the game as well. Yes, actually. The game that I've been making, it's got a tentative title. I've been playing with the idea of calling it Mystic Future. It's a game that I'm currently developing in RPG Maker, which some game developers probably turn their nose up and <laughs> scoff, but if you're just trying to make a traditional JRPG, it's perfect. It's got yeah. all the assets that you really need, and it's really easy software to work with. It's really easy to port in your own assets once I get good at uh, digital art and the music that I've been working on, which has taken me by storm. I really wish that I had put more of a focus into it when I was in high school and middle school, because I'm amazed at how much I've taken to it. I really enjoy doing it to the point where I don't even really play games that much anymore. I pretty much just go home and work on music now instead of just playing the video like I always do. I mean, that's cool. I've listened to all your stuff and it's really good. If anyone listening to this cares at all, I do have a SoundCloud page, a sub page of the Mondo Cool Movie Dudes podcast. I go under the alias Mondo Nugget where you can listen to all of my shitty music if it so pleases your fancy. There is a link also on our website to that page. If you guys want to check it out, it's good stuff. I don't really have a defined style or genre yet because I've only been doing it for a few months now. It's mostly video game music inspired because that's a lot of what I usually listen to. Hanging out with Sean and Mac broaden my admittedly narrow horizons when it comes to that. Before they started getting me into a bunch of other really cool stuff, I was basically just listening to the Mario Brothers theme on loop over and over. <laughs> that was your whole life. That was my whole life. I had one song on my iPod and it was the Super Mario Brothers I, theme. I remember like seven, hanging out seven, eight, nine years ago. That was most of it. You had some other stuff. I remember you had like some Gary Newman tracks and some other cool mm. stuff. That was most of what you listen to is game soundtracks. I'll fight you to the death on saying that some of them sound pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to die. Don't insult my taste! <laughs> I like some video game music quite a bit. Yeah, but... Mac was listening to the Braid soundtrack earlier. Yeah, oh, yeah, that one's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Not really traditional game music. It's all acoustic stuff. But yeah. It's damn cool. But that's what I like about it because it's like a defined genre, but at the same time it isn't because it can fit any game because games can be so diverse and and the music right. that accompanies them can be diverse to fit them. That's what I like about it. There's so much variety, I guess. It's a cool medium to do a lot in. It really is. So some of our older listeners might not understand this, but you make music inside a computer? What? Huh? So how does yes. this work? The program that I use is FL Studio 12, Fruity Loops Studio 12. I didn't pirate it. I went all out and did legit because I wanted to do all this legit because it's what I want to do. It's what <laughs> it's I eventually... legit to quit. Once I get really, really damn good at it, I want to be like someone you can commission to get for music for your games or maybe for your movies or your TV shows or your YouTube videos or whatever. Because a good uh, idea. It'd be fun to do. Like I said, I, I really enjoy doing it. It's very stimulating. It's something that I can literally just sit and do for hours and feel really accomplished even if I didn't really get a whole lot done even if it's just like oh cool that's a cool riff it only took me eight hours to make it and it's like three <laughs> seconds long but it sounds good so yeah there you go the game that I'm making is going to be a traditional RPG kind of like in the same vein of uh, older Super NES NES RPGs it's going to be a mix of high fantasy and cyberpunk themes like Final Fantasy 3 sort of yeah a little or bit 6 yeah probably closer to 6 than to any other ones that I can think 
think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't really know about video games shit, but I thought that sounded like a cool idea, so that's what you're saying. The game's genre is going to be back and forth between fantasy and science fiction. Yeah, sort of like that. The original concept that I had was, yeah, you've had, you have all of these games that are one or the other, why not mix them together? I thought it would be kind of cool to have a traditional party of, like, you have your wizards and your warriors and whatever, then you have a guy that just uses a fucking gun. Like, yeah. fuck it, why not? Or it's like so... bionic enhancements or something. Nanomachines. Cool. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I know really there's a cool. movie I was reading about. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's some Australian, I think, or New Zealand weird sci-fi movie from the 80s that's like these monks from like the 1300s. I think they're like the Black Plague times who come to modern day. Like, that sounds interesting. That does sound pretty cool. What's the game about? Well, a little bit of the plot without giving too much away. I am a bit of a slacker. I haven't got the plot fully fleshed out. I have most okay. of the prologue written out and then some of the main storyline, I guess you could say. The main character that you play as in the intro, he's like a street rat, basically. Like, the game opens up in the cyberpunk themed setting and you're basically a street rat going around with this group of miscreants like a ragtag team pretty much just like scraping a living going around ravaging scavenging you're basically a thief or bandit for hire just trying to make a living just trying to get by because the world that he lives in is not a very nice place it's shitty grungy dirty yeah. 1% owns everything <laughs> the other 99% doesn't Damn own shit that's cool what kicks off the main thing is the first dungeon that you go to it takes place in a factory and you find this artifact which at first doesn't really seem to do anything thinking about hey I'll just take it sell it for quick profit whatever fine cool but it turns out to be the catalyst that lets him hop dimensions after a few events transpire it drops him into the high fantasy setting and then the rest of the game is basically him trying to find his way home because he does have things that he is attached to in mm -hmm. the dimension that he's from and yeah that's what the majority of the game is him trying to find a way home and then the world developing and the plot developing around that it's about his story I wanted to try to not make it like a lot of games these days because a lot of the games these days it's just fucking copy paste you yeah. had like these long winded tutorials where it fucking treats you like a lobotomized baby fool. Like, <laughs> I couldn't even get into Candy Crush <laughs> on my pre-installed on my Windows 10 PC and there was too much tutorial in Candy Crush and I was like this sucks I'm gonna uninstall this right now and it's basically like <laughs> a bejeweled it's basically like a bejeweled clone yeah like, that's all it is yeah that's how stupid they think the average player is I guess that sucks I want to make it so it's accessible to everybody but that everybody will get something out of it if you're a lore fag then you'll get some <laughs> then you'll get some then you'll get some cool story if you just like seeing your characters level up and kick the shit out of monsters then you'll see that too because I've got some pretty cool ideas as far as the battle systems and inventory and loot and all that stuff like it's gonna be pretty cool the whole idea the whole thing that set it off I wanted to give back to a hobby that had given me so much over the years because I love video games. Video games have been probably my main hobby for as long as I can remember and I've played a fucking lot of them. Yeah. The fact that I can now make one of my own, I think that's great and absolutely I'm gonna jump in on that because I think it would be great. I think I can make something pretty damn cool. Yeah, I Pretty tough so fucking too. Mondo, if you will. Ooh. Mondo cool even? Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Oh, and that's where the whole music thing kicked off from too because I was looking around for royalty free music that I could put into it and I was like, wow, this shit's really fucking expensive. The standard going rate for most of the tracks that I saw, it's like 35 bucks for a fucking two minute song. Crazy. That's like the cheap end too. Well, I thought there was a lot of music out there that's absolutely free. There is yeah. stuff that's free, but not to bash. A lot of any... it sucks. Not that it sucks, <laughs> but it won't fit what it is that I'm looking for. I found that it'll make it more of my own project if I made the music myself. And then I started, that's true. and then I started to do that. And I was like, wow, this is really fun. This is yeah. really nice. And I think I'm going to 
keep on doing this. I'm gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, worst case scenario, if the game flops, if it ends up being like another E.T. or something like that, <laughs> then I have the music to fall back on because I want to go to a school for that and get really, really good at it. That's a good idea. A whole new skill. I think I found what it is I want to do for the rest of my life. That's cool. I think it would be really sweet. I think I could put out some pretty good stuff that people will enjoy. What percentage of it would you say you at for like completing the game? Oh, <laughs> if you have any idea. Yeah. Less than 10. Most of uh, the work that I've done on it is basically just conceptual. Like, I have a few sketches, like what I have for the plot written out. I have in like this little journal that I've uh, been keeping. It was like one of my old high school sketchbooks that I still had. But, like this really cool, it's got that character age to it. It's like this black leather binding, almost like the Necronomicon, but without the face. <laughs> I've been writing it in that. I've been uh, slowly making all the in-game assets, items, weapons, armor. Basically all of the grunt work before I start working on uh, mapping, special effects, battle animations, sprite work, because I gotta get better at digital art before I start doing that, otherwise it's gonna look like crap. I have high standards, and I am not gonna put out garbage. There's enough garbage as is, we don't need any more. <laughs> I wanna play this game. I'm excited to see the finished product. It'll be something fun. If anything else, it'll be a fun little romp, even if it doesn't make me any money or anything like that, because it's not the main reason why I wanna do it. I wanna do it because I wanna make something fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong, if it starts bringing in the moolah, then I'm not gonna complain. But if it doesn't, then at least I can say, hey, I put that out, it's something that I did all my own, and people enjoy it. And that's yeah. the bottom line. Because Stone yeah. Cold said so. Well, that sounds pretty damn cool. Some of that music that you put out, that's I not do. necessarily intended for the game, right? It's just like other some, stuff. Some of it's one-off. Just because it has Mystic Future before it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will make it into the game. Right. I'm just kind of doing it as like a catch-all for now, like something that I think might sound cool or whatever. Like, you listen to some of the newer stuff. Any particular that stand out as being noteworthy that you think of? It's the one I liked. You wrote, like, you couldn't sleep or something. It was just like a bunch of creepy sounds. The basement. And the Sweet Tooth one was kind of cool. Uh, oh, that was hunted. I changed the image to uh, the picture of the red guy saying fuck you to the blue guy. I like Vapor Screams 1992 because everyone knows that I rep Vaporwave. Oh, Vaporwave is so mm. fucking fly. I love me some Vaporwave. Vape Nash. Vape Nash, dude. <laughs> America's not ready for the Nash yet. Okay, I'm itching but... to vape right now. We're in, a vape, we're in a no vape zone. Man, I'm lusting off some fat clouds. Jeez, oh man. Fat vape. You got any songs in the works right now? I do actually. I have a couple that I uh, am slowly working on. There's one that it's like this high orchestra, Dark Souls-esque kind of mm. boss fight where it's got this really sharp violin and these almost scary high choir vocals. I think it'll sound really cool. I got a bunch of new virtual instruments. A couple of them are for chiptunes. The ones that came with FL Studio, they're all right, but they aren't really good. These ones sound like they were ripped straight from an NES. The last one that I posted, Red Evening Skies, that one has some of the newer VSTs that I got and they sound way, way fucking better. Yeah, I gotta listen to that one again. I, it was good. You have so many. What do you have, like over 50 tracks? It's oh, hard, to, it's hard yeah. to keep them all straight. Not but... even close. I've only got like 28, 29. Oh, is it? Oh, well, it's okay. well, almost 30. There's that Music one. Ironic. I still haven't found all the instrumentations that I have on there. There's a lot. I want to make something akin to Balkan Skull. I want to make like a uh, <laughs> fat guy tuba theme that you can listen to. It's something that you could eat cheeseburgers to, I guess. <laughs> oh, that'd tuba be awesome. and like kazoo duet. <laughs> That's, Do it. Yeah, the cheeseburger theme. Call it liquor and cheeseburger party. <laughs> make it sound kind of sad. Like, <laughs> oh, what was it? Um, Egg Rolls for One. That was one that I have a title because I love coming up with titles. I feel like I'm pretty good at um, making a title match up to what the song is supposed to sound like. <laughs> you ever heard of a group called Crystal Castles? I have not, though. That sounds fucking awesome. They're pretty cool. They aren't really just a chiptune group. They do different kinds of things, but one of the main instruments that they used, if you call it an instrument, I guess it is, on their first record was the sound chip from an Atari 5200 of all things. A couple of the uh, ones that I got have some Atari sounds on them. Yeah, they got a really cool sound 
sound out of it. And then there's one more that I got. It's called Predator. There's this guy that on this music thread on 4chan that I've been listening to. His name is Dynamax. And he oh, has yeah. some fucking fantastic 80 sounding synth. And that's the uh, program that he uses, I believe. I watched him make a song. He was doing like this live stream where he was showing how he constructs the song. And uh, he told me that that was the software they use. And it sounds fucking awesome. A lot of his songs just sound like they're dripping with neon. And it's great. I highly, highly recommend him. And, uh, if, baby you, uh, if you I listened to one of his songs it was called Summer of 89 this kid wasn't even alive yet <laughs> what a phony but no it was yeah. awesome it was really, oh yeah no he's got some real talent like really cool he's song. really really damn good a lot of the people on that SoundCloud thread that I've been frequenting they all have like some really good stuff there I've learned a lot just from listening to their music because there's some real talent you just have to find it that's where it all is now on the internet FL Studio how much does that cost altogether I've spent a little over a grand on uh, all of that software because I bought the producer super mega Turbo Hyper Edition. From um, Capcom. Game of the Year Edition. <laughs> and uh, it costs a lot, but you get what you pay for. There's a lot to work with. Lots of drums, lots of percussion, lots of synth, lots of guitar. It's pretty good. A lot of people will say that it's Babby's first software composition program. I can kind of see how it is because it's really accessible. Like, it's really easy to work with. But I've heard some really good stuff come out of it, so I don't see why it would necessarily make it better or worse. There's Just because it's easy to use. Yeah. yeah. Though they, stupid. There do exist some other programs that cost a lot more that do have like a higher quality sound oh, or you just Christ. get or you just get more <laughs> out of it i just went with fl because i heard it was easy to use and i'm slowly getting better and better with it so fuck it and i'll just keep using that yeah, yeah if it's working for you then why the hell not yeah exactly i already paid for it Sake. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. Man, that'd be cool to have to like edit podcast episodes, but I don't spend no thousand bucks. They have um, a cheaper edition than that. I went. What is on. the cheapest? The cheapest. Well, there's the audacity. <laughs> yeah. Um. You right now, bro. <laughs> There's the free version. You can use pretty much all of the stuff that the most expensive edition has, but you can't save anything with it. Oh, like, you can save them, but you can't open them, which yeah, kind of sucks. <laughs> when you use the synths in it, you know how, like, in some demo versions of whatever, there'll be, like, a short clip, like, this is a demo of whatever it is you're going to buy it's before you full We experienced that with something. When we were looking to hook up three microphones to the computer to record yeah. this podcast, I had to find a program called Virtual Audio Cable that I had to learn how to use. I got the trial version that eventually got it working so mac and i just talked a little bit on the microphone to see how it turned out and every so often there'd just be this like digitized woman that would just be like trial yeah pretty much like that so yeah you had to like buy the whole thing you could save it and everything and use it if you didn't want the trial voice you'd buy it imagine if we just didn't do that (laughs) let's do it let's release the cast like that oh god (laughs) people would love that shit. oh yeah they'd eat it right up i wonder how long it would take to figure out what it was or they would just think it was their own computer fucking up on (laughs) the next step up i forget what edition it's called but I think it's only like 99 bucks somewhere oh. around that the jumps are quite big but they're fairly priced for you the $99 edition you get all of the basic stuff and you get like a few extra synths to play around with extra sound packs but you don't get a lot like the one that I got came with probably 15 20 different sound packs and they all have anywhere from 100 to 300 different synths or percussions each there's a lot to work with and it's a little overwhelming that there's so much to go through. Didn't you say you got a Final Fantasy 7 synth sounds or something similar to that? Outside of VSTs there are sound fonts which are they rip the sounds from old video games sound fonts like that and you can use those. Let's say you really really want the drums from Donkey Kong Country or Final Fantasy or the uh, guitar from Final Fantasy 7 or mm-hmm. anything like that. Those sound fonts exist so you can take those sounds and then rework them to what you want. So you could take the sound font from Final Fantasy 
Fantasy VII and use it to remake the fucking Conqueror's Bad Fur Day soundtrack or cool. something like that. Okay, that's interesting. It is. That's a good idea. And that's just for composing from scratch because you can edit audio stuff with it as well. Like, like you've seen all the Frank Jobsy videos, yeah. J JVC or yeah, Frank, Frank Jobsy. He's fucking pretty rad too. Dude, oh man, yeah. he's a ruler of Vape Nation. President Vape Nation. No, you can use it to edit a whole bunch of stuff. I tried to make a Vaporwave track using the Dire Dire Docs theme from Super Mario 64, but mm -hmm. because I am shit at doing that, I haven't released it or really worked on it until I get better at it. It's pretty cool. I would recommend it to anybody who's looking to get into musical composition, digital or otherwise, because you can also plug in, I plugged in my Casio keyboard into it and use that to enter in the keys. And within it, there's this piano roll, which you can use to enter in all the notes across the octaves and all that stuff and you can make music that way if you don't have an actual keyboard to oh, yeah. do it on but no i would recommend it to anybody looking to get into it it's pretty easy to get into and it's pretty self-explanatory it's fun to use that's the number one most important thing i think if you enjoy using it then it's something that will serve you well for a while to come now where's my goddamn paycheck fl i want my fucking money for promoting this shit <laughs> <laughs> charge them for ad space yeah. that'd be sweet to send them this on a cassette that tape and just like pay up. You don't even have to pay me money, just send me more instruments. Let me be in your magazines. Fruity Loop Studios the magazine. Boy. <laughs> I'll be the fucking mascot. Give me the goofy wig. I'll wear I'll wear the suspenders. I I'll be Professor Fruity Loop. Rainbow yeah. suspenders and like a George Washington wig. Hey, I already got the rainbow <laughs> suspenders for you. Oh yeah. I really do. <laughs> oh, nice. God. Yeah, I just want like a better program to edit with because it's not bad, but Audacity just kind of fucks up a lot. It yeah. crashes kind of a lot. It's really laggy. Trying to do something as simple as just zooming in and out, it takes forever to to adjust. I don't know why. It seems like a basic thing. So yeah, that shit all sounds cool. You got something else in the works. Another podcast. I'm starting a video game podcast entitled The Good Soup Hotel. I guess I just want to like discuss often overlooked games or games that have been long forgotten. It'd be cool to talk about that stuff. I just want to ignite a conversation about video games again because it seems like a lot of video game talk is just tech talk to me. Check out how cool the graphics are. It's so fucking awesome. So and, like, realistic. Just, yeah, just how powerful these yeah. next consoles are going to be and the games coming out. They look pretty cool. Like, the last guardian and stuff but it's like that's it that's just the one game what happened to all the games for this powerful technology where did it all go i don't know if it's going to be like a major revolution or anything but i just want to talk about games and i hope people want to listen to it our friend ben you may know him from such episodes as oh brother art thou we'd recorded an episode on gone home still gotta put in the work and edit it out and stuff but i think it's gonna be a pretty good conversation just like a test run pilot episode sort of thing to see how it goes when it's done you'll be able to find it on soundcloud with plans of getting it on itunes the release date it's gonna be relatively infrequent. My goal is to get one out every month, month and a half, but to whoever's gonna be on this and myself, we gotta get through the game. We gotta be able to at least play a significant chunk to talk about. So I would encourage, once I get on iTunes, to have everyone subscribe there. Well, I think to give a game the same kind of treatment you're gonna give a movie, like with what we do on this thing, it's usually gonna be more. Playtime on a game, it's gonna be usually more than two hours. You guys are saying Gone Home took you, you know, four to five hours. It's kind of a different ball game. I sat in with the recording, and to me, it sounds like it's gonna be really cool once it's done. Yeah, I hope so. So Maybe interested in playing it. All right, that's awesome. That's the point. Yeah, I think that accomplished that. Just get people to play different things. It'll be all over the place. I'm not really sure what to do for a second episode, but we have some plans in the works, like talking about Resident Evil 4. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, man. We could talk about that fucking game for hours. Yeah. I'd like to get into Duke Nukem 3D sometime and talk about that. I think that'd be fun. Some of those LucasArts things would be cool to revisit. Good Undertale idea. was an idea that came up because it's a big game now, and it's really unique and kind of special in this day and age that we got it. I think that's a good idea. 
idea and you had an interesting idea of how to structure the episode. It'll be harder to find a general structure for a podcast like that just because every game is different and mm -hmm. everybody plays games differently. And everyone has like a different experience usually. The idea is to just get people interested in playing some games beyond. Not to say that Call of Duty is bad or uh, Pokemon Go or anything like that. No, Pokemon Go like... is shit. I am, <laughs> I am putting my foot down on that. I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. I have no opinion. But not to say that those games are bad or you're wrong for playing those, but there are other kinds of games out there. Tons of different games. I just like playing video games. Like, I'm on PC now. Just the specs that I want for the console. I play on through Steam. Steam has almost every game available, aside from the Ratchet and Clanks and stuff like that. Well, that's part of my idea with what I was wanting to do with the movie show, is talk about movies that are interesting in some way that maybe aren't super famous, but there's something to say about them. Yeah, like Dune, I think, is the epitome of that. It's a weird movie from the 80s that not that many people saw, not that many people probably our age have seen, and a lot of people didn't like, but I do. It turned out so. to be a really good movie, yeah. I thought. I like mm -hmm. it too. Yeah, it's a really cool movie. But yeah, it'd be cool to talk about stuff weird like stuff. To have us all play through I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Or, something uh, like that. Or Stubbs the Zombie. Yeah, that'd be fun. Or Destroy All Humans or something like that. I was thinking an episode on Beyond Good and Evil would be a really cool yes, it would be. game to talk about because that was a game that did not do financially well. And it was planned to be a part of a trilogy. I think that game was incredible, but like, yeah, it didn't sell that well. People weren't interested in playing as a female photographer, I guess. That's my theory anyways. It's supposed to be coming back eventually. I think the HD remake was gonna do like another test, like feel out how successful it would be and then maybe develop a new one. But no, It's know. gone. Just like Half-Life 3, it's gone and we're never gonna get yeah. it. Speaking of Half-Life 3, there's this game Transmission something, 108, available for free from Valve and it takes place in the Half-Life universe. It, I just noticed it this morning. Some puzzle game, I haven't played it, I'm not really sure. Yeah, other games, like stuff like Mr. Mosquito. Who the fuck knows anything about that <laughs> game? That's a cool game where you play as a mosquito and try to suck blood from this family that lives in this house without getting squashed. Or Katamari Damacy would be fun to talk about. It would be. Stuff like that. I mean, I don't know how much content something like Katamari Damacy would give us to talk about, but it'd still be fun to try. It'd be interesting to try, and for the short episode, I guess it's okay too. Yeah, maybe pair it up with another game. You do a beautiful Katamari. The game itself Katamari is like kind of short, so we could just talk about the series in general. Pair up episodes like Frequency and Mad Maestro. Like two weird, oh, offbeat music rhythm games. Or Power Up the Rapper. All that shit. Yeah. Man. Odd World would you be just cool. gotta believe, man. I don't know. I hope it turns into something and I hope people really do enjoy it. Just working out the kinks. I'm going to take notes while I edit it to make it better overall in the future. But yeah, it'll be on SoundCloud. The email is thegoodsoupotel at gmail.com. If you're listening to this and you want to send in some suggestions of games that we should look at or something. Just any thoughts on how I can structure it or what I can do? Any know. kind of game. Mm -hmm. Whether it be mainstream, underrated, obscured. Yeah, I'm not some asshole that's above any genre or anything like that. I will literally play any game. I'll play Mary-Kate and Ashley's Horse Ranch Adventure or whatever the fuck. Pref I'll play that. Preferably something easy to obtain. If you're going to recommend a game that's like a limited edition, only 200 copies exist, like yeah. Nintendo World Championships or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like we're not doing that because that's just Mario Rad Racer. <laughs> never be a racer. It's rad as this. Yeah, those games are just three different games that you can just play at any point. Fuck that cartridge. It's I mean, emulation will only get you so far with uh, some of this stuff. We can get emulators and stuff. We could do things that are hard to find a physical copy of, like Chrono Trigger or Earthbound, but we can do emulators and yep. stuff like that. I just hope you guys enjoy it, and it'll be coming out within the next few weeks, maybe a month, maybe sooner. Check it out. The title, Why It's the Good Soup Hotel. It's a reference from The Curse of Monkey Island, the third one in the series, which is a very special game to me. I'm really nostalgic about it, but it was the first game I ever completed, beginning to end, when I was like six years old. But I grew up really poor, so I didn't have a lot of video game consoles. I would play yep. like the mainstream Donkey Kong, Mario, Sonic, and all that stuff at friends' houses. But I had PC, because it's a legitimate tool also. So I played uh, Duke
Duke Nukem and Doom and all those games and a lot of point-and-click adventures. So the Good Soup Hotel in Monkey Island is significant in the game because you spend all this time building up to getting to this island called Blood Island. And Blood Island in the game was a touristy hotspot and it was like a big deal. And you spend all this time building up your crew, your ship, and you find the map and all that stuff and it's built up. And then once you're sailing, you have these ship battles and sword fights that you can get through. And then you get to Blood Island and it's not what it used to be. The economy's kind of dried up and people don't go there that often. There's this hotel that used to be the place to go if you were going to tour Blood Island. It was a hotel restaurant run by the Good Soup family and that's not doing that well these days either. And even the Good Soup name has been kind of charnished. So it's in a weird, abstract, poetic way, it represents the state of video games these days and how <laughs> it's not quite what it used to be. It really isn't. And that's not to say that there aren't good video games coming out. They're pretty far and few in between, it seems. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, you probably remember a few years ago being hyped for several games at once and now you're lucky if you have one or two. Oh my god, yeah. You'd have all these Grand Theft Autos and then Bully would be coming out, new Oddworld game, and just watching E3 a few years ago, a way different environment. More about the games coming out and less about the powerful technology entering the scene. Everything's fucking VR now. I don't give a damn about VR. Didn't they learn anything with the Virtual Boy? This shit isn't gonna fucking work. It's not gonna yeah. fly. It's gonna be awkward and shitty. The reason why I like to play video games is it's relaxing in a way. It's therapeutic. You can keep the hands busy and let the minds wander if you're playing like a Tony Hawk or a Dead Rising or something. You're also active while you're relaxing. You have something to do while you're just chilling out. And it can be a variety of things. Like you could play a game to go on an adventure. You could play a game to get a cool narrative. You could play mm -hmm. a game just to beat the shit out of some guy you don't know online. You, you can play can... a game for an extreme challenge. I mean... Oh. 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 Who is that? Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool. Kinda nice. <laughs> Just look out for the Good Soup Hotel episode one, Gone Home, coming out shortly the next few weeks, I guess. That's about <laughs> it, I guess. <laughs> nice. Hope you enjoyed this whole ball of wax, hearing about movies and other podcasts and video games. Coming up sometime soon, we're going to be doing 1986 Highlander. That's the next, like, real episode of this show. But we hope you guys like this little appetizer. Write in and let us know what you guys think about for doing this. For fuck's sake, somebody send us a goddamn email. Yeah, please talk to us. <laughs> I'm tired of somebody needs to break the wall of silence. Jeez. Is deafening us. It's like the fucking dance floor at like a high school dance. Like everyone's standing on one side of the fucking gymnasium and no one's going out on the dance floor. We know you guys are listening. I see the stats. I know you guys cream nope. your jeans over the Deadpool episode. Listen to the shit out of that. Yeah, don't yeah. be shy. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Good or bad. You if can you think we suck. Don't hesitate to let us know. Just record an audio file of your ass open farting and just send it to us. Or not. Don't really want that. Even much. if the email just says you're a faggot. That's, <laughs> that'd be great. It'd be something. At least we could say that are F-A-G-O-T. This guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be neat to hear from you guys. I wonder if people are hearing me wrong and that's it. Don't it's Mondo me. Cool Movies at gmail.com. It's not Mondo Cool Movie Dudes, which I know is a little confusing. I wish I could change it, but I don't think I can. You know the drill. Mondo Cool Movie Dudes.com is the hottest shit on the internet right now. We're on iTunes. Yeah, that's another thing we can use people to actually do. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes. That's where the money is and we, if nothing else, we follow the money on this show. Truly nuts. Two dead. I'm nuts up. Nuts up. iTunes, do that. Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, the original. Yeah, we recently got to six months on SoundCloud. That's actually the same day we put out the Dragon Ball episode, so we're pretty happy to meet that milestone. Keep hope alive in America. Woo, yeah, don't let the flame die out. Yeah. <laughs> Ask not what your podcast can do for you, but what you can do for, for this podcast. This podcast. <laughs> Which is right in. As in us. Rate, review, and subscribe. Or else. I'm a five-star man. I'm a five-star man. That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna grab you by the nuts and go.
<laughs> oh man, that sounds painful. <laughs> you will be screaming all the way to the bank. And, uh, Withdraw your money for a new set of nuts. was interesting. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Take Bye. it easy. That's you. I'm